0: Well, hello, everybody. Good to see you all today. My wife sends her regards. Let us begin with prayer. Father in heaven, thank you for another day of life and the fact that we could be here today, as we open the word Lord to a small book that sometimes we even forget in the Bible, Lord. May its powerful message Lord speak to us cover our hearts and provoke us to move forward. In Jesus name. Amen. amen. Let's tell an illustration. I don't know if I have shared with it before, but it's so good. If I did, it's bears repeating again. Jean-Claude Juncker, the European Commission President, revealed in an interview once that uh, he keeps a little book of a list of people who have crossed them in the past. Think about his position, European Commission President. That's of significance, right? So he was telling this, uh, this uh, reporter, I know this may sound like a joke, but seriously, one of the most senior officials in the EU walks around with a little book of names of people who have been mean to him. I'm sorry, I should not be laughing. But it's funny. Juncker says in the interview, I have a little black book called Le Petit Maurice, where for the last 30 years, I have noted somebody who has betrayed me. And he goes on to say in the interview that the book isn't really full of of, because people rarely betray me. So to defend himself a little later, he says, I'm not vengeful. I just have a good memory. And the book became so well known during his time as Prime Minister of Luxembourg, that he would tell people attacking him, be careful, little Maurice is waiting for you. Oh, my word, isn't it comforting to know that God doesn't hold our sins against us like Maurice does, or sorry, Jean-Claude Juncker, but have ultimately been covered by grace. I'd like to go to a little letter called Philemon. Anybody ever heard a sermon on the letter to Philemon? Yes. Okay, I've been waiting to preach this sermon for a while. Okay. But let's go to Philemon. It's a little book. It's Paul's last letter. It's the smallest. If you notice Paul's writings, it starts up front with the biggest letters and then as it goes down, it's, it's covered by the shortest ones. It's a small, small letter, one chapter. 25 verses. And I'd like to go to this passage because there's, you know, sometimes little books in the Bible or little letters often get left out. But there's a very powerful message in this little letter. All right, we all there? Okay. So, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, and Timothy, our brother. To Philemon, our dear friend and worker. Also to Afia, our sister and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from God, our Father, and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love Paul's letters, a lot of the letters that you find, especially in the, in the New Testament, uh, there's standard written Greek letters, you have, uh, you have the writer, for instance, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus, and you have Timothy, they're going to write a letter to Philemon, who's Philemon, we'll get to that in a second. Okay. So you have who's the at ad- ad- the uh, the, uh, the the writer, and then you have the addressee Philemon. Uh, and then it also mentions Aphia, probably Philemon's wife, Archippus, a fellow soldier, meaning a fellow believer. And then he leaves, uh, he, he begins the letter also with grace and peace to you from God our Father, which is a standard greeting. And then Paul goes into uh, Thanksgiving. He says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your love for all of his holy people, and your faith in the Lord Jesus, I pray that you are as that your partnership with us in faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing we share for the sake of Christ. Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you brother have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. Philemon, he's a church leader, I believe uh, in Colossae. And, you know, Paul, he's, he's, he's giving thanks, he's giving praise for the fact that Philemon has been faithful. They're they're working together to spread the good news. But there's a little challenge here. Not all is well. In verse 8, Paul is going to make a plea for uh, an individual named Onesimus. Therefore, although in Christ, I could be bold and order you to do what you ought to do Yet I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. What is Paul talking about? It is as other, none other than Paul, an old man, and now also a prisoner of Christ Jesus, that I appeal to you for my son Onesimus. Who is this Onesimus? And is this really Paul's son? In a way, Paul is talking in the figure language of as a father. He's he's become kind of like a mentor, uh, a father figure for Onesimus who became my son while I was in chains. Oftentimes, Paul found himself where? In jail. Okay. Formerly he was useless to you. But now he has become useful to both of us. So Onesimus and Philemon, they're connected somehow. Onesimus essentially was a slave of Philemon. But for whatever reason, Onesimus fled, and eventually found himself with Paul. And so Paul took this Onesimus in, began to teach him. And Onesimus became, uh, I don't know if he was a believer before or after, but essentially, he, he became Paul, one of Paul's uh, individuals who helped to share the gospel. But yet, now, Paul is wanting to send Onesimus back to Philemon. How do you think Onesimus maybe felt a little bit at first? No, don't send me back there. I fled from there. But Paul is writing to Onesimus and he's making a plea on behalf of Onesimus for forgiveness. Okay? Paul is seeking forgiveness for Onesimus, who should be punished legally. If you are a slave and you run away, what could happen? A lot of bad things. In a way too, Paul is actually kind of, he's not only making a plea for Onesimus, but also for himself because he's also potentially harboring a fugitive. Hmm, the plot thickens. It says in verse 12, I am sending him who is my very heart back to you when he says, my heart back to you, what is he imploring? What is he implying? He loves this guy. He cares about him. He must be very close. They must be very close. In fact, he says in verse 13, I would have liked to have kept him with me so that he could take your place in helping me while I am in chains for the gospel. But I don't want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you would do, you do would not seem forced, but would be what? Voluntary. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a while was that he might have him so that you might have him back forever. No longer as a slave, but better than as a slave, as a dear brother. He is very dear to me, but even dearer to you, both as a fellow man and as a brother in the Lord. Okay, so we have to take perspective. What is Paul asking Philemon? To accept one of your slaves that ran away, potentially, I think he may have also taken something from Philemon as well. If you were... Okay, we... We do not believe believe in slavery anymore. Amen? Okay, we do agree. I'm not justifying slavery here. (laughs) But back in that day, that's what it was. And so when you were a slave, you were indebted to this slave owner. Philemon could have done anything. But yet now Philemon has also become a believer. Should he be owning slaves? Shouldn't. But for whatever reason, he still had slaves. Now, Paul is going to suggest, I'm going to send Onesimus back to you. But when Onesimus comes back to you, please, I plead (laughs) with you, don't accept him back as a slave, but as a brother. In fact, Paul thinks so highly of him that he, in a way, he wants to place Onesimus Uh, as as somebody to elevate him to be able to help preach and teach just as Philemon has done. This puts Philemon in a kind of a a difficult point because now look, you also have to think about how Paul is doing this and Paul's very good. Paul doesn't use his, his authority and his status but bases his argument on love. Okay, Paul other than Peter is probably the strongest leader in the church. Right? And he could have said, I, Paul, order you to take Onesimus back because it's the right thing to do. Does Paul do that? He doesn't. He's smart. He bases his request of, in fact, he's even smart when he says, um, where where does it say he he, he, in verse 14, it says, but I did not want to do anything without your consent so that any favor you do would not seem forced but have been voluntary. That's smart. If you're a leader, this is leadership 101 right here. He is explaining he's not just telling you, hey, man, here's a good plan, but he also gives the reason why. Have you ever dealt with a boss who said, you're going to do this because I'm the boss and I said so? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gustavo, for those of you who uh, are not uh, here present, he he may have said something under his breath, which is funny. I'm praying for you, buddy. <laughs> uh, and Onus. Oh, this, oh, Paul is is sharing his heart out. He's taking a risk, by the way, which we're going to come to later. Philemon could have just said, No, I'm going to do what I want. Now this letter is here. It must have happened because Onesimus must have gotten back and probably have been received as a brother. In fact, uh, there's another Onesimus in another letter that if could be the same one, he becomes a prominent member, a leader in the church. In fact, I I, I forgot that anytime somebody's name, anybody is specifically mentioned, like uh, the guy whose ear was cut off, Malchus, he was just some Joe back then. But yet the gospel writers said, no, I'm going to put his name, insert his name. More often than not, it's because they became a believer at some point and they helped move the gospel forward. Philemon though, you got to kind of hand it to Paul where he's good. Because he sends this letter with Onesimus and states, Hey, buddy, I want you to accept this guy back. And I want you to do it in love, not as a slave owner, accept him as a brother, and you will be blessed. Oh, and then he continues on. He says, um, So if you consider me a partner, Okay, if we're good to go, if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would what? You would welcome me. He's laying it on thick. Right? If he has done anything to you that is wrong or owes you anything, charge it to me. I Paul am writing this with my own hand, I will pay it back. Wow, that's heavy. Okay, so Paul's explaining why this is important. I'm sorry, forgot to explain this. But the why is super important in anything, even Simon Sinek says unless your organization, or anything you want to do, unless you know why you're doing it, it's a moot point. Otherwise, you're just going to be floundering, you're going to be wondering why. But Paul is taking a huge risk. And Paul is doing this out of love. Paul is taking a huge risk because not only is he sending Onesimus back it's a risk because Philemon could respond in a different way. But Paul's also taking a risk when he's guaranteeing Onesimus, whatever he had done in the past, Paul is staking his own money. You ever have you ever um, vouched for anybody? It went good? Did it always go good? Did it sometimes go bad? Did you ever, maybe, for instance, uh, you were asked to refer somebody, and you gave them a glowing record, and then when they got to that new job, didn't go well? How does that look? Doesn't look good on your part, right? Um, Paul's taking a big gamble here, in a sense, because he hopes everything works out, and he's trusting God that it will happen. But ultimately, Philemon is going to decide how this goes. I'm guessing it went well, because this letter is here. Right? But Paul is seeking forgiveness. Doesn't use his status or authority, but he bases his argument on love. He explains why, ultimately, he's taking a risk. So if you consider me a partner, welcome him as you would welcome me, treat him as you would treat me. Does Philemon really have a choice? (laughs) He doesn't I mean, depending on how he wants to play. And he's a leader in the church, mind you. So he's somebody of importance. His authority and his reputation is also on the line. And then Paul continues on. He says, um, I'll I'll pay it back. Uh, Not to mention that you Oh, and then he also has I, Paul, am writing this with my own hand, guaranteeing essentially, that you owe me your very sorry, I will pay it back not to mention that you owe me your very self. I don't know exactly where how that fits in. But apparently, Philemon, I want to say is indebted, but Paul has made a difference in his life somehow. And then in verse 20, I do wish brother that I may have some benefit from you in the Lord refresh my heart in Christ, confident of your obedience, I write to you knowing that you will do even more than I ask, you're not just going to welcome him as a brother, you're gonna you're gonna use him as a key leader. Uh, You're gonna welcome him back. And then also in verse 22. And one more thing. (laughs) One more thing. This is the icing on the cake, prepare a guest room for me, because I hope to be restored to you in answer to your prayers. By the way, I'm confident I'm going to get out and I'm going to come over just to make sure everything is good to go. <laughs> so Paul lays it on really thick. But I think Paul writes this letter because it is so important that you ever been betrayed? Philemon probably felt very betrayed, he took something and not only that he left. So there's a personal but also a legal. Uh, there's a personal and also legal ramifications to this. I'm guessing Paul does go back I'm sorry, Onesimus does go back he is greeted and he is the response is that of love. So what is what is the takeaway from this? What's the big thing? The gospel reconciles us all making us brothers and sisters. And friends, we're all tied to each other. If we're believers in Jesus. Amen. Amen. And we should treat each other as such. Are you gonna hurt your fellow brother or sister, your own kin, your own family? Are you going to try to throw them in jail because they wronged you? How should we respond with love? Now, of course, there are certain things too that, you know, look, if if you're, if you're, if your brother or sister harms you, that's one thing, okay, you still forgive them. But there may have to be some boundaries along too to protect you. But ultimately, the gospel reconciles us all making us brothers and sisters. And this is a quote, by the way, I forgot, I think it was Fianne Stewart, who said it, the gospel reconciles us all making us brothers and sisters. There's a story told of a sheep and a pig who had escaped together, and the farmer, they he realizes, oh, they've escaped, and together they found a weak rail in the fence. They pressed it and they push it aside, and they got out. And so, of course, seeing that they have freedom, they run, bolted from the field to explore this whole new land that was sur- and new surroundings. Didn't take long for the farmer to realize, up, oh, they're gone, and. The animals had wandered far, not really left much of a trail. Day soon turned to night and after rest, resting fitfully that night, he got up the next morning to resume his search. The animals, animals had been gone for over 24 hours. And in the afternoon of the second day, he could hear a bleating, a distant bleating the sound of his sheep. He knew that sheep's voice, crying, please help me. And it was there that he found the sheep, along with the pig, both had fallen into a ditch, into a bog. They'd both become covered in muck and mud, and they were unable to get out. But where the pig had been content to wallow in the mud, the sheep had known to bleat pathetically until the farmer would come and rescue them both, to lift them out and to cleanse them, to wash them, and then the farmer said, if you are ever deceived into sin and overtaken by a weakness, do not lose heart. Go at once to your compassionate savior. Tell him in the simplest of words of the story of your fall and the sorrow you feel. Ask him to wash you at once him to restore your soul. For if a sheep and a sow fall into a ditch, the sow wallows or the pig wallows in it, but the sheep bleats pathetically until she is cleansed by her master. Be the sheep, my friends, be the sheep. May we seek forgiveness. May we love, but also forgive where there has been wronged. Is there anyone right now in your life that you hold a grudge against? (laughs) Or feel has wronged you in your life? I'm sure all of us could probably think of somebody It's not hard to find somebody who's probably wronged us. So what's the challenge pastor? I want you to find one person, I want you to seek one person out who has wronged you. And I want you to forgive them. This can be really simple, because it could be a simple thing. And it could also be a very hard thing. But I will tell you this, if you choose to do the hard thing, and to forgive somebody who has wronged you and harmed you or wronged you badly. I'm going to go out on a limb and say you will be free from that burden. I was challenged by this a couple of years ago, the person who did the same thing to me and he said, you need to find somebody close to you and forgive them. Oh, it was one of the hardest things I ever did. But I will tell you this, the peace that finally came over me after that conversation of being able to share why it hurts so badly. And for them to see and understand, or maybe they didn't understand, but still say, I forgive you was one of the biggest burdens lifted off of my shoulders grudges. All it is, as I've said before, is you drinking poison. Oftentimes, they don't even know that they've harmed you. How many times have you said, Hey, man, do you realize what you did? And they could be totally oblivious. It's not easy to forgive. But I hope and pray that where you may have been wronged. And even if they don't acknowledge it, the forgiveness is not really for them. I mean, it is. But more importantly, it's for you to be free. Amen. So with this lesson, may you be like Onesimus, seek forgiveness where you need to seek forgiveness, or potentially be like Philemon, where you need to also forgive. Father in heaven, Lord, a short passage, but oh, so important for our lives. Help us Lord, to learn from this the lessons that Paul shares with us, and to apply it to our lives to seek forgiveness, but also Lord, where we need to grant forgiveness. In Jesus name. Amen. Grace and peace, everybody. Have a great week.